this week's episode of the All Things Bama podcast, Mason and Joey are joined by Andy Hodges, editor of the Fan Nation site All Hogs, as we discuss the upcoming match between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Arkansas Razorbacks. It's the All Things Bama podcast, powered by Bama Central. Welcome to the All Things Memo Podcast, powered by Bama Central. I'm your host, Mason Smith, joined by Joey Blackwell. Katie Wendell will not be joining us this week, but rest assured, fans, she'll be back next week like we <laughs> she never left. Joey, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Mason. You know, it's uh, we've been home for a couple of weeks now. Now it's time to get on the road to Arkansas, so really looking forward to that and looking forward to talking about it with a very, uh, very solid guest today. Absolutely. But before we announce our special guest for this episode, Joey, just what are your very quick thoughts about the Arkansas-Alabama game this Saturday? Yeah, you know, I, I really like what I saw from Alabama this past weekend against Vanderbilt. You know, that 55-3 victory. Uh, Alabama looked good on both offense and defense. Um, Arkansas, on the other hand, you know, we saw a team that could, you know, pretty pretty easily um, defeat Texas A&M if just a couple of plays had gone their way. You know, they fumbled the ball at their three-yard line. It was ran back all the way for a touchdown that um, didn't tie the game because Texas A&M missed the extra point, but, you know, went to halftime 14-13. And then, of course, a missed field goal ultimately led to Arkansas's loss, uh, 23-21. But this is a very, very good Arkansas team. Obviously, Alabama's coming off of a solid win as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Arkansas is able to rebound after that loss. But, yeah, Fayetteville is always a great time. Um, they have great food there, too. So uh, really looking forward to this weekend. Um, definitely looking forward, to, looking forward to it, too. It's a lot of players on both sides of the ball for Alabama and Arkansas. I'm looking forward to that. But without further ado, our special guest – is a writer from the All Hogs Fan Nation site that covers Arkansas, Mr. Andy Hodges. And Andy has literally decades of experience covering Arkansas, so we're looking forward to talking mm -hmm. to him. This is a pre-recorded interview, so hopefully you guys enjoy it. Hope you, you know take a listen. We have the owner, editor, and publisher of the All Hogs Fan Nation site, Andy Hodges. Andy, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, but you left off Chief Cook and Bottle Washer. <laughs> oh, and, I, and, I, and I took the key to the hen house. Being in Alabama, there's some Alabama people that will understand that reference. Oh, absolutely! I grew up. I grew up uh, having chickens at my house, so I definitely, uh, definitely understand that. <laughs> no, I, absolutely. But of course, looking forward to the the competition this weekend. Alabama is taking on Arkansas. Andy, I know you've been you're coming off a tough loss against Texas A&M, but kind of looking forward to the Crimson Tide. What have you seen from Alabama that you're kind of that's catching your eye when it comes to getting ready to face them? everything from the band <laughs> all the way to the cheerleaders and everybody in between. Uh, they're, they're a typical Alabama team as Sam Pittman was talking about earlier today when we visited with him. They've just got great players up and down the lineup. They've got probably the two best players offensively and defensively in Bryce Young and Will Anderson at linebacker. And of course you've got Nick Saban who uh, is the best coach of all time. I, I finally moved him up past Coach Bryant. Uh, but uh, you've got the two best. You just got a complete team. And in my opinion, they have gotten a wrap. You know, maybe they didn't look as good in the Texas game. I think the Texas game may have been a wake-up call for this team. That at, 
And and it's a tired thing that everybody in Alabama hears is Nick Saban talking about preparation, practice, focus, and all that. But it's true. And the fact that they won the game against Texas on the road, they had to, you know, really battle to win the game. That's probably something that's bad for everybody else on Alabama's schedule because I think it got the players' attention. I know it got Arkansas's players' attention. I know it got the coaches' attention. And Sam Pittman's very well aware of what he's facing because he was nearly hired as the Alabama offensive line coach in 2013, I believe it was. No, absolutely. But to kind of, you know, put it back in the ball in your court, Arkansas is a bevy of players on its own, namely K.J. Jefferson. That was one of the main highlights after we attended today's press conference. You know, Nick Saban talked about K.J. Jefferson's dual threat ability, you know, how he's, how he's really impressive as a runner and as a thrower. So I think that's one thing that Alabama defense is certainly having struggled with, but there's something they have to keep more aware of compared to Hudson Carter, Texas, Quinn Ewers, and of course, you know, ULM and Utah State, God bless them. But (laughs) but understanding that K.J. Jefferson is a whole other level of quarterback than the Crimson Tide has faced so far this season. The difference between what the Crimson Tide have faced this year and K.J. Jefferson, K.J. Jefferson is not an elusive runner. He is a bull. He's going Mm -hmm. to try to run over people. And we saw some things in the Texas A&M game where KJ wasn't trying to run over people like he had done. He would cover up. And Mm -hmm. it almost looked like like he was trying to protect himself and avoid getting hurt, which was kind of strange. And a lot of us guys were looking at each other going, when did this come? When did this happen? You know, he's trying to protect himself. And uh, when I say cover up, he's just like, you ever seen somebody that's afraid to get hit? Go back mm-hmm. to your grade school days, and somebody that playing football is afraid of getting hit. He just kind of covers up, and that's why it looked like. I don't think AJ's afraid of getting hit necessarily, but he's not an elusive runner. He's going to come straight at Alabama, and he has not had success doing that in the past. Last year, they made it close against Alabama, but they made it close because Traylon Burks, was getting open, and K.J. was passing to him. K.J. as a runner, I don't think seriously. Nick Nick is going to say every quarterback he plays is great, but quite <laughs> honestly, I don't think K.J. particularly scares them as a runner. He's not a speedster. He's powerful. He can run over you if you're not paying attention. If I'm the safety, I'm going to dive at his ankles. I'm not going to try tackling, you know, chest high. That's a good way to get killed. Uh, but <laughs> I, I think Alabama is used to that, and Alabama is physical enough to deal with that. And what they're probably more concerned about is his passing because he's more accurate now than he was in years past. And that's something that with the group of receivers, he may be able to take advantage of against Alabama. You know, uh, Andy, I'd like to go back to something you said in your, in your previous answer about how, you know, you said that Texas was a wake-up call for Alabama, and I, I believe the same thing. Arkansas right now is coming off of a really, you know, really tough loss, you know, in Dallas against Texas A&M, 23-21. I'm curious as to your perspective, do you think that this Texas A&M loss could serve the same purpose 
as Texas did for Alabama. Do you think it's a wake-up call? How do you see this team responding um, under a head coach, Sam Pittman, um, after that close game? I know Sam has tried to put the Texas A&M game behind them. He tried to do that Saturday night immediately after the game. I've talked to several of the players the last couple of days. In fact, spent quite a bit of time with some of them today. Uh, I, I run into them around Fayetteville. Fayetteville's a lot like Tuscaloosa. You're going to run into <laughs> Alabama players around Tuscaloosa. I run into Arkansas players around Fayetteville. I don't think they've flushed it yet. Now, mm. that was before today's practice. I didn't go to today's practice. But I'm not sure that as of about noon today that they had flushed this thing out of their system. And they've got to do that to get ready for Alabama. And this has been a problem that Arkansas has had facing Alabama. The team before them that beats them often causes two losses. Mm. And there's a question, and Sam talked about this. A lot of teams are down 14 points against Alabama before they get on the field. Because they, it's just the, you know, they're overwhelmed by Alabama. I remember when Bobby Petrino was the coach here in 2009. He said it was his fault they lost that game in 2009 because he didn't even believe his team could beat Alabama. And they went down and played not very well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's been the case. Arkansas really – you know, they beat them in two they beat Alabama in two thousand six. They should have beaten Alabama in two thousand seven. They didn't when they had Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, and those guys. They should have won the game in twenty fourteen and somehow managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Mm-hmm. Uh it's it's just been one of those things, and I think Alabama's inside their head a little bit. And I just don't know whether this Texas A&M game, the way it played out, where Arkansas really, the fans, the players, the coaches, feel like they had a weird fumble by K.J. Jefferson on the goal line where he somehow tried to jump into the end zone from the three-yard line, which isn't going to happen when you got three guys in front of you. Mm-hmm. And then a Texas A&M defender takes it away from the guy that caught the fumble in the air and does a hundred yard dash down oh, the left sideline. Yeah. And Arkansas's defensive players just kind of stood there going, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Hadn't seen that before in a game. <laughs> and just stood there, watched him run into the end zone. And then Cam Little's field goal doinks off the right upright. And I'm not really blaming Cam for this being an old kicker myself. I went back and looked at a picture that our photographer got of the hold. Mm-hmm. The hold was tilting to the right, mm-hmm. usually about an inch and a half farther to the right. Cam likes it straight up and down. This ball was tilted to the right, and as a soccer-style kicker and an old soccer-style kicker myself, that will push it to the right, and it will go right about a yard are so for every it'll go right about a foot for every yard it's got to go and that dropped it about right into the upright do the math look at how he set up the hold was not exactly pure i call it a pure hold it, it, mm-hmm. he had a weird grip 
hold it on the ball. He wasn't holding it with the point of his finger like he normally do. He had his fist balled up on top of the ball and leaning to the right. So I, I, I say this in defense of kickers because all too often when somebody kicks a field goal and misses it, they blame the kicker. He's the third guy out of three guys that are going to touch the ball on every kick. And if the first two don't do exactly what they've got to do, he ain't got a chance. Yeah, it's going to be wrong. But uh, but I say all that to say that I don't know if Arkansas has completely flushed his Texas A&M game out of their system. Mm-hmm. And it's one that causes a lot of people to start pointing fingers sometime. It causes people going, wow, are we snake bit? Is everything, mm-hmm. you know, they keep reliving. If they keep reliving Texas A&M into Wednesday, <laughs> this team's going to have a problem on Saturday. Do you think that I mean, you, we were talking before we before we hit, hit record, we were talking a little bit about how Arkansas fans, you know, obviously don't feel that great after this past weekend. But do you, do you think that Arkansas fans can take solace in knowing that really the only team that beat them on Saturday was themselves? Like, does that make things feel a little bit better knowing that, you know, their own team is the only thing in their way? Like, like, I mean, our, like you said, Arkansas really had that game in the bag. Had they not fumbled that yeah. football and scored on the goal line and gone up 21 to nothing, we'd probably be having, be having a very different conversation. Well, they, like, does, they would have been up, they would have been up 21 to seven at that point. Excuse me, 21 to seven. Sorry about that. Uh, but you still had over a half to go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's coming up. It, it's what I called and I called in my column let's not start making excuses for failure. And if you don't win the game, you fail. Yeah. I mean, pure and simple. That's what happened. If you mm-hmm. don't win the game, you fail. And Arkansas failed to make the plays that they had to make to win that game. And it comes down to, they had a lot of things worked in their favor last year. Mm-hmm. Lucky plays and things like that that worked in their favor. This game against Texas A&M worked against them. But that's what happens when Arkansas and Texas A&M play. Weird <laughs> things happen in that game they have for years. You know, go back to 2017, all mm-hmm. Arkansas had to do at the end of regulation was not kick the ball to Christian Kirk. <laughs> what did they do? They kicked it to Christian Kirk and yeah. stood around and watched him run 100 and something yards right up the <laughs> sideline. So oh, it's, a, it's a game where weird things happen. No, no, absolutely. And now, just just for the listeners, just to make sure that they are aware, the last time Arkansas has beaten Alabama was in 2006 in a two overtime thriller where Arkansas won 24 to 23. And the last time Arkansas won in Tuscaloosa was in 2003 by a field goal, 34 to 31. And so, essentially, they haven't beaten Alabama since Saban has been here. So, I think that's a pretty interesting no. nugget. They, they they haven't beaten him. They should have won in 2007 in Tuscaloosa. Let's let's yeah. be honest. They yeah. they should have, uh, but they didn't. Uh, 2006 yeah. they won because Kiffin couldn't kick a field goal or an extra point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, he had a terrible day for a kicker. Let's just mm-hmm. say what it was. I don't know if it was his problem, whether it was the hold or the snap. Alabama couldn't kick consistently in that game, and that's what cost them that game. Alabama should have won that. But, you know, let's let's face it. 
Alabama recruits at a level that Arkansas wants to recruit to, but they have never been able to recruit to that level. And that, that goes back years ago. And I tell people one of the most dominating games I've ever been around and seen up close and personal was the Sugar Bowl after the 79 season when Alabama just dominated Arkansas. They beat them 24 to 9 down there for a national title. And Arkansas couldn't get off, couldn't get the defense off the field because they couldn't tackle Major Ogilvy, who looked like he was running in mud. But Arkansas couldn't get him on the ground. So, and this is nothing new, and it's gone on for years, but it's it's the – they can't get past it's Alabama. That It's been that way for years, and I still say a lot of it's mental. If they would just go out and sacrifice somebody, you know, first play of the game and get them thrown out of the game for trying to take somebody's head off, <laughs> Maybe they would get it out of their system, but they don't. They try to play it straight up and then just end up uh, getting waylaid because I remember, I think it was uh, 2011. Uh, I'm from Warren, Arkansas, which is where Jarius Wright is from. And Jarius Wright, I told him, I said, dude, on those shallow crosses, you got to pay attention because Alabama is going to deplete you. Mm-hmm. I mean, they will knock you out of your shoes. First thing, Jarius comes dragging across the middle and some Alabama linebacker just nearly kills him. <laughs> and, you know, it's a whole day. And then Alabama wins the game like 51 to nothing or something like that, 51 to three, whatever the ridiculous score was. But, yeah, it, a lot of it, a big part of it, especially with Arkansas, is mental. And we'll see if they can get over that. Fans are hoping because this game is going to be played at Razorback Stadium that they won't have that problem this year. We'll see. I mean, that's that's the beauty of college football. We play the game and then everybody knows. Yeah, we we definitely will see. And of course, as Alabama, as Arkansas, excuse me, tries to work up to the recruiting standard of Alabama, they have had some success in the transfer portal, namely in Drew Sanders. Drew Sanders, of course, started out at Alabama, is now a linebacker at Arkansas. He's leading the ACC with six sacks. He's actually top 10 in the ACC with 31 total tackles. So, Andy, I'm going to throw it to you first, and I'll let Joey chime in. What have you seen from Drew this season that's really allowed him to play so well? He was successful at Alabama for two seasons, and he practices at a very different level and pace than Arkansas has seen. They talked about this in spring practice. They're like, Mm. this guy practices at a different pace than we've ever seen. Linebackers coach was talking, Michael Shearer was talking about, now our linebackers know the championship level that they need to practice at. Full speed, wide open. And Drew is a very, uh, how can I put this, understated guy. I mean, you, you do like some of these media people do where they deliver a monologue before asking a question and you go through this and you ask Drew a question. He goes, yes, sir. I think it's good. We're going to do our best and it's going to be a good game. (laughs) That's it. And you're going, what the hell? Where is the rest of the answer? (laughs) And you know, that's it. But Drew, but he plays, 
at a pace that Arkansas has not seen. He is the best. He's the best defensive player that they have. And I say that knowing full well that Bumper Pool is still on the team. <laughs> but I question whether Bumper is going to be fully healthy for this game. I, I don't know that. God help me if Sam Pittman listens to this, but I don't know. Bumper looked like he was limping to me when he walked off the field against Texas A&M. And oh, he did gosh. not look 100% to me. Mm-hmm. So Sam, Sam, Sam gets mean and gets <laughs> mad at us when we talk about injuries. So I'm just saying what I observed from the press box. It, it looked like Bumper was limping. Maybe he's perfectly fine now. I don't know. But that's a point to be concerned about because I don't think Arkansas has a lot of depth at the linebacker position. I think mm-hmm. there are two good guys, two good players in Bumper Pool and Drew Sanders. And then they have Chris Paul, who is there. And Chris is a good linebacker. He's still trying to figure it out. I don't know what the depth is after that because we haven't seen a lot of backups playing for Arkansas in a lot of minutes this year. They haven't had a big enough lead to be pouring the backups in the game. Every game has been close and going into the fourth quarter. You know, I'm, I'm here, um, kind of, you talked about how Drew Sanders, you know, coming from Alabama, he, he, you know, likely brought a little bit of that culture with him as far as working hard and practicing you know, and treating every game the same. But I want to kind of take that, that thought and transition over to Sam Pittman, you know, what is, what are your like, you know, state of the program, like as a guy that follows Arkansas and is for many years, how well of a job do, or, or poorly of a job do you think Sam Pittman has done so far? And what, what would you say the state of the program is right now, uh, particularly when it comes to, you know, the culture around the team? He's resurrected it to where Arkansas's position in the SEC is, and that's not playing for championships every single year. He took a program that was – people have no idea how bad this program was because Mm -hmm. I think Brett Bielema retired two years before he got fired. He just (laughs) kept drawing a check. And Chad Morris didn't know what he was doing from from jump straight. Mm -hmm. Sam has come in and he has created an atmosphere where we want – to compete for championships. We want to compete with the Alabamas and the Georgians. I realized this program was down, and he's instilled discipline into the program. But the, the main thing was and what they, the players and the culture at Arkansas got to be, the players didn't believe the head coach. Mm. They believed the coach when he told them something because we had two head coaches that had a history of flip-flopping say one mm-hmm. thing and then do another and play favorites with the players. Sam Pittman mm-hmm. didn't do that. He looks at them and says, here's the way it is. Here's what you need to work on. Here's what you need to do. And he follows through with it. I think he expresses, you know, his concern for the players. And uh, it, it's a it's a word that I hate to use too much, but he shows them his love for them. Mm-hmm for lack of a better term. He shows he cares about them yeah. as a person and a player, and that's something I don't think the players felt they had from the previous two coaches. In addition, he's come in and everything has a certain level that he wants to play at, 
that he wants to practice that. And mainly he's been very good at convincing them that they're probably a little better than their talent level is. You know, that, that was the great thing about Coach Bryant. He could convince mm-hmm. a player uh, if he was – they didn't have stars then. If he was a three-star, he could convince him that on Saturday he could play like a five-star <laughs> and would get him to do it. Now, that may be the only game he ever plays like a five-star, but he could get that one game out of him, him playing mm-hmm. above his level. Sam has the ability to get players to play above their talent level. And he's got them believing. All he's got to do is a few more years of recruiting because he did not walk into a deep a deep history of successful recruiting. He walked in where there were some great players on the team, Traylon Burks and some others. But he didn't have a deep talent pool to work with. And to play for championships, you guys know this in Alabama, to play for a championship, you got to have 44 players that if you interchange them, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of a drop-off, but it's still going to be enough that you can win most of the games. Arkansas didn't have that level. They have some glaring holes right now when you drop off from the starter. No, absolutely. I think that's probably one thing that really – at is advantageous to Alabama, especially looking at the stats. Of course, Raheem Sanders, fantastic running back for Arkansas. He's the only 500-yard rusher so far in the SEC, the only one. But on Alabama's side, Jace McClellan's actually 13th to 245. He's actually more productive, at least statistically speaking, than Jameer Gibbs. But on the other hand, Jameer Gibbs has really shown up in the passing game. So it's a lot of weapons for the Arkansas defense to keep in mind. But I am looking forward to seeing the Arkansas defense take on the Alabama offense as it's a lot of individual players that are really showing up for the Razorbacks. Of course, we talked about Drew Sanders. We talked about Dumper Poole. Uh, Jordan Dominic, he's right behind. He's right behind. <laughs> he's second in the SEC when it comes to sacks. So it's a lot of, you know, it's going to be a lot of battle of the weapons when it comes to, <clears throat> excuse me, when it comes to, you know, who can actually win? It's going to be a battle of attrition because it's the SEC. It's the best conference in football. So right. I'm looking forward to see, you know, what's what comes of it. Funny you should mention, Jordan. He and I had an uh, interesting little conversation today. We saw each other uh, away from the football center. We talked a little bit. And he was talking about, you guys are going to have to help me because, quite honestly, it's Monday and I haven't gotten around to studying the Alabama roster and things particularly with players they picked up in the transfer portal. But Jordan was talking about this player he played with at Georgia Tech that's a running back mm-hmm. that transferred to Alabama. Yeah, Jameer Gibbs. He said, he said, man, he is the real deal. He said, yeah, that... nobody, he said I don't think anybody knows how good he can be. Mm-hmm. No, you're and... absolutely correct. Yeah. Jordan, yeah, was- Jordan's, Jordan's one of my guys. I see him on a regular basis around here, and he's very eloquent, very, very well spoken, and a really mature young man. But he just has a special knack for rushing the passer. You know, I bet I covered the NFL for 25 years. I, and one of the guys that I was around for several years in the NFL and got to know fairly well was Charles Haley when he was with the Dallas Cowboys. Charles Haley couldn't defend the run to save his life. The best way to play against Charles Haley was run right at him. But mm-hmm. if you drop back to pass, it's like he kicked into another gear and you needed to give him a, a drug test or something. 
because, I mean, he's going like a wild man at the quarterback. But if you ran the ball straight at him, he's got a problem. Jordan Dominic reminds me of that. When the quarterback goes back to pass, you can almost see Jordan's eyes light up. So, yeah, he's he's brought a new dimension to the pass rush on this Arkansas team, uh, along with a focus that they made. They've got to get after the quarterback, mainly because they've got so many question marks in the secondary. And that was exposed to a certain extent against Texas A&M. Absolutely on that. Now, it's funny you kind of bring up the passing game because the passing defense for both teams hasn't been the best. You know, of course, you know, Alabama's had success, you know, competing against the ULMs, the Utah States of the world. They actually did okay against Texas, even though the Texas one is up for debate because, of course, when Queen Ewers got hurt, people thought, okay, well, that's probably going to be the the rap for Texas. And even, even Hudson Carr stepped in, who is a veteran. He kind of held it down for the Longhorns. But one thing I am kind of interested in, especially noticing the passing games on offense and defense for both teams, neither team has a top 15 receiver by yards in the conference. Neither one. Right now, the, the closest one is Matt Landers, who's at 16 with 230 passing yards. So I think that's one thing to kind of keep keep in mind as we kind of look forward to Saturday is that I kind of expect it to be more of a, a ground game. It's going to be tough. I think points are going to be kind of hard to come by, at least projected. But that's one thing I'm kind of looking forward to, see how the defense is kind of step up and how the offense is kind of, you know, maximize both the running and the passing game. Arkansas is going to have to pass if they want to have offensive success against Alabama because I don't think they're going to be able to line up and just run the ball straight at Alabama. They don't have the depth in the offensive line. They've got four good offensive linemen. They've got a couple that are really good. Ricky Stromberg at center, at center being one of them. But if you want to run the ball on Alabama, You've got to have at least 10 offensive linemen that you can interchange. It looks like a hockey line change. What's Georgia when they play Alabama? It looks mm-hmm. like hockey line changes on both teams with linemen coming in and out. And they may only be in for a play or two, but it's enough to give the guy a break. Arkansas is not going to be able to do that and maintain any success. And Arkansas is going to come out and try to run the ball straight at Alabama because that's their strength. So we're going to find out if Alabama can defend uh, the run straight at them. Alabama has more athletes on defense than every other team Arkansas has played combined this year. Mm-hmm. And, you you know, like you were talking about Alabama, played against ULM, Vanderbilt, God love them. Uh <laughs> <laughs> All the respect to Vanderbilt, but my goodness. Good. Yeah, I, I'm glad they're smart kids. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, Arkansas, you know, Cincinnati was pretty good. They were okay. South Carolina, bless their heart. They got Spencer Rattler, not much else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Missouri State probably came closer to beating them than either one of the other two teams. And that was because Bobby Petrino probably spent six months game planning that game. Texas A&M exposed them on a lot of things. Uh, they can, they, you can run the ball on Arkansas's defense. We saw that their secondary has been questionable. Uh, and that was showed up again. I mean, Hey, Texas A&M scored a touchdown 
on an underthrown pass where the Arkansas quarterback ran a banana coverage around the receiver because he completely lost the ball. Then he lost the receiver when he turned around. And the receiver catches the pass in the end zone on his knee. I'm like, how do you – I don't even know how you messed that up that bad. Uh, but it's it's Arkansas's got some issues that they've got to answer. Arkansas is handling the receiving game by committee. They're spreading the ball out because they were so locked in on Traylon Burks last year that they went to Traylon for everything. And Traylon and K.J. Jefferson were roommates as freshmen at Arkansas. They spent a lot of time throwing the ball back and forth going all the way back to 2019 when they were freshmen. So we had a special relationship with Traylon where they knew what the other one was thinking or going to do. And now he's got to follow the passing tree. He didn't that much before because he would just look at other receivers and dump it out to Traylon in the flats and Traylon would make a play and gain a bunch of yards or score with it. Take it to that. One time he did that, and Traylon took it 80, I think it was 82 yards for mm-hmm. a touchdown. And that was a dump off. He wasn't <laughs> even the primary receiver. He dumped it off to him. Traylon took off down the sideline, scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know that they can do that against Alabama. Alabama has too much speed. Arkansas's got four running backs, and Sam Pittman talked about that today. He's got kind of a – He's got kind of a problem back there because you only got one ball and you got four guys that want it. You've got uh, Raheem Sanders. Uh, Raheem, well, this is this is audio, so I don't have to be Google SEO friendly. Rocket <laughs> Sanders has been the best and put up the best yardage. Dominique Johnson saw his first action against Texas A&M, carried the ball five times, had a pretty good night, looked good. Uh, you've got A.J. Green who is fast beyond belief, but he's not the biggest running back in the world. So you got you got all these guys. Then you got Joseph uh, DeBinion, a freshman that has come in and really created a log jam back there at running back because they only use one at a time. This isn't a wishbone where you got three running backs playing the game ball. You got one back there. You got one ball. Somebody's not going to be real happy because they think they ought to be carrying the ball more. So it's it's a deal where Arkansas – I think what Arkansas wants to do against Alabama, they're not expecting to have immediate success running the ball down the field, unless they just get out lucky and Alabama makes a mistake. I think they want to wear them down with running backs coming in and out of the game, and they want to wear them down and have a shot in the fourth quarter using their running game, which they've done two or three times this year, late in the game, they've been able to literally take the ball and hold it for the last five minutes of the game. And I think that's what they want to do. Want to try to set up a position against Alabama. And admittedly, uh, they don't know if they can do that. I don't think (laughs) Sam knows if they can do that. I think they're going to come out with a different – game plan of things that they haven't showed. But the bottom line is they're going to try to run the ball because that's what they do best. And they don't want to put it in the hands of trying to throw the ball on Alabama's defense. No, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely agree with that. And it's, 
You know, it's interesting you kind of bring up just a running back battle because Alabama has similar issues. Jameer Gibbs is, of course, the most dynamic. He's the, the head honcho of the running room. But, of course, Jace McClellan's produced the most. Then even behind them, Roy Doe Williams runs like a boulder. He's just he's just the world's fastest boulder. I've never I've never seen anybody just I've never a seen boulder. Just, what is a boulder? A boulder. Now, like this a rock. is a new one. Like oh. a rock. Oh, a yeah. boulder. A yeah. Boulder. <laughs> My bad. Let me let me announce a boulder. But yeah, like Colorado, the town in Colorado. Definitely. Yeah. But <laughs> it's it's definitely just a lot, you know, to look forward to for for both teams. I think it's going to be a really nice battle. But to kind of wrap it up, Andy, the last thing I want to ask you, if you could. If there's one thing, if there's one sentence you could sum up for your expectations this Saturday, what would it be? My expectations are what I would hope for. How about both? Let's do let's do yeah. both. How about it? <laughs> what I'd hope for is for the Alabama team bus to get lost and end up over <laughs> in Tulsa. <laughs> what? Oh my goodness. <laughs> what? What I expect is you're going to have an Alabama team that's going to be locked in. They uh, Since the Texas game, they really haven't played, shall we say, ranked teams, really good teams. Arkansas has is going to flush the Texas A&M game sooner or later, mm-hmm. now, whether they do it in time to get prepared for Alabama. Arkansas has not seen a team like Alabama this year. Texas A&M has some good players. Not a lot of them, and they're not playing together. They look kind of like recess at play school at times. But what Arkansas, what I expect to happen is Alabama's probably going to have an answer for that defensive secondary that Arkansas's got. I think Bryce Young has dealt with a pass rush like Jordan Dominic and the others. And Drew Sanders does a lot of blitzing in this defense. He is a pass-rushing linebacker. But, again, I don't think it's anything that Bryce Young and Alabama haven't seen from some of the teams that they've played in the past. They've seen this. They have an answer for it. And whether they can do it, I think Arkansas to win is going to have to have some help from Alabama. Alabama's going to have to make a mistake or two because you just put these two teams side by side. There's no way Arkansas is going to win in my opinion, handicapping it. But Alabama has been known to have bad games under Nick Saban and not play up to their level of Mm -hmm. talent, in which case if Arkansas can have some early success that they got to have, the worst thing that can happen is for be halfway through the first quarter. Arkansas had two possessions, hadn't gained a first down. That's going to be a problem. Because coming on the heels of the Texas A&M, where they were deflated at one point in that game, Sam Pittman talked today about at halftime they were ahead 14 to 13, and he thought they were behind by 30 points. Mm. So it's it's a, a lot of it's middle. Football is a huge middle sport. It's also physical, but men, middle plays such a huge role in the game of football. And that's what Sam Pittman's got to get around this week. He's got to have Arkansas believing they can win. Mm -hmm. Then he's got to keep their heads up if they have problems early and struggle early against Alabama. Defensively, Arkansas is going to have an issue because their secondary 
You know, when they lost Jalen Catalan, he was the best player in that secondary. They got Miles Slusher back. He's a safety. I'm not real sure he makes a difference in terms of changing a game by himself. He's not like Catalan where he's going to change, take over a game. Like Will Anderson can do for Alabama, that's what they've got to do. They haven't played a linebacker like Will Anderson who can take over a game. So that's what I expect to happen. I look for Alabama to probably win this game by 10, 14 points, something like that. I think it's going to be somewhere there's probably going to be around 50 points scored total. Oh, wow. And um, I'm looking for something like it won't be this score, 30, 20, something like that, Alabama, because I just think they've got more players that are better than Arkansas mm. right now. And I know Arkansas starting a month of October that is really bad. It's yeah. a bad month. I mean, they've got – they lost to Texas A&M to finish September. They've got Alabama followed by a road game to the beautiful metropolitan city of Starkville. So they've got to endure <laughs> The bustling <that>. metropolis. <laughs> yes. Now, now, get this. In a two-week period of time, they go from Starkville, Mississippi – to Provo, Utah, to play BYU. Oh, boy. <laughs> now, I mean, you talk about <laughs> culture shock just going from those two places. <laughs> and then they have a week off, and then they have to go to Auburn. God help them. <laughs> Goodness yeah, gracious. Not going to be fun in October for the Arkansas <laughs> Razor. Yeah, not a, not a great October for Arkansas. And uh, I, I think that they have a shot against Alabama. Anything can happen. I've been covering this. I've been covering Arkansas for 52 years and been going to games since 1960 was my first time I went to a game. Mm-hmm. I've seen some strange things happen. It would be a strange thing if Arkansas can somehow put it together and beat Alabama. But again, I think Alabama is going to have to help them do that. And I just don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, definitely understand that. But again, Andy, thank you for a great conversation. Before we let you go, where can our listeners and where can our readers find you and your work? Uh, Allhogs.com. I think I have a Twitter account. I think it's Andy H Sports. (laughs) And we're on. I don't do social media, guys. I mean, (laughs) I'm not a social media. I'm an old guy. I don't do social media. I look at it and I go. Who cares? I don't <laughs> care what you ordered to eat tonight. I don't need to see pictures of food. I don't need to see pictures of what you ordered. I really don't care. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I really don't care. So, uh, and I think I'm on Andy H. I think I, you can just search Andy Hodges on Facebook and I'm there. Uh, but our Twitter page is kind of active. We, we do quite a bit there. We have some guys that do the social media stuff and keep it up. But allhogs.com is the place for, uh, Arkansas. We are one of the largest sites in terms of traffic on the fan nation site platform. And that's mostly due to a lot of guys that do a lot of work. And I just sit there and supervise everything. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, Andy, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you being on. So, guys, go go check out allhogs.com. Andy, you know, you know, good luck. Best of luck this Saturday. <laughs> I hope I hope everything works out. And of course, hopefully we'll talk to you again sometime soon. I just hope nobody gets hurt. Uh, <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest. I, that's that's kind of what I'm hoping for on this because I've seen some games where Alabama's physically beating teams up. And right now, that could be the worst thing that could happen to Arkansas. And it's going to be a middle game. And I don't know who all y'all got, if y'all have anybody coming to Fayetteville. I'll be there. uh, I'll be there this weekend. Uh, Give me a call. I'll tell you the places to avoid and the places to go to. I already have Wright's Wright's Barbecue on my list. I went there in 2020 and loved it. Okay, you got Wright's Barbecue. Do you like chicken fried steak? I do. I do like chicken fried steak. Okay. There's a place on Weddington called Sassy's uh, Barbecue. Sassy's Barbecue. I'm tapping that in right now. All right, dude. <laughs> they make a chicken fried steak. You don't need a knife for it. You All literally right. can cut it and eat it with a fork. <laughs> and I'll just throw this disclaimer out. I have no ownership interest. not a sponsor they're not a sponsor i have no ownership interest or anything like that but they have a chicken fried steak to die for i don't even know what their barbecue is i just eat chicken fried steak (laughs) i'm sure i've eaten barbecue from there but i can't remember it because i discovered the chicken fried steak years ago and i'm Mm -hmm. like oh dear god i don't need anything else so yeah Try try that. Uh, you know, Wright's is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sassy's for the chicken fried steak. And, you know, try to stay off Dixon Street. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I'll try my hardest. <laughs> hey. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, look me up at the game and I can tell you some stories from Dixon Street from 45 years ago. But there's no way, even on a podcast, I'm ever talking about some of those stories <laughs> absolutely absolutely on that but hopefully i get to hear some of that story between joy and andy because joy is making the trip to fayetteville you know you guys have a great time andy once again thank you so much and we look forward to hearing from you soon all right thank you guys loved it andy hodges of the all hogs fan nation site covering arkansas razorbacks joey you know i've had some pretty interesting conversations in my day but that <laughs> that one right there that that one was one for the ages what did you think about talking to andy no i, I thought I, I thought that was great i thought he's very informative you know having covered arkansas for so long you know he brings a a very um a very expert uh perspective to to the hogs and um, I really liked, you know, kind of, I mean, I'm sure you heard me ans- ask a couple of questions that was kind of just poking at his knowledge, just wanting to, wanting to get his perspective on things, particularly Sam Pittman and how things are going there. And no, you know, Arkansas is always like, like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, Arkansas is always a fun trip and I'm definitely looking forward to meeting up with him and maybe sharing some rights barbecue uh, or something like that while we're there. But yeah, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, looking forward to having more of these. Uh, hopefully we'll have more of these guests scheduled from the other fan nation sites as the season goes on. That's definitely the plan. Of course, we're looking forward to, you know, looking forward to your connection with Andy, but also just looking forward to, you know, a great game on Saturday between Arkansas and Alabama. Of course, one more thing before we kind of wrap up and do the rundown and, you know, sign off for this episode, Alabama men's basketball and women's basketball both had their, you know, first practices of the fall. We, we did attend the men's 
uh, press conference, we talked to Coach Nato. We also talked to a couple of players and Charles Bediaco and Darius Miles. Um, there, there are some takeaways that I want to just kind of get into. I'm really liking how mature they got the guys look. I feel mm-hmm. they had a very mature, you know, aura about them. They did have that trip to Europe where they put against Spain and China. They, you know, they had a lot to learn from that trip. I think it really benefited them. Like Nate Oates, who kind of sounded a little hoarse from practice, he just got <laughs> done. But I think he did sound great. You know, I did kind of write a story about how Bediaco and Miles kind of are supposed to be leaders of this team in different mm-hmm. facets. But Joey, what, what was your takeaway from the pre- first press conference for basketball this season? Well, you know, I thought, you know, one of the biggest takeaways for me was just him talking that NATO's talking about how much this team benefited from that European tour and how much they were able to learn from this team. They were able to learn about not just its, its positives, but also things that it needed to work on. Um, one of the highlights from that was Oates said that this team, he learned that this team can really um, win basketball games, even if, you know, if they're not shooting lights out which is something that has been a problem with this team. You know, if their shooting's cold, they really struggle to win basketball games. But when their shooting's hot, there's few teams that can beat them. Um, so I, I, I thought that was, you know, encouraging for Alabama fans to hear. I'll actually have a, we're recording this podcast on Monday afternoon. Um, but on Tuesday, by the time this podcast comes out on Tuesday, um, I will have a story up on Bama Central, kind of recapping those points and breaking down what Oates said uh, the positives and negatives that he learned about this team. So it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a, a long basketball season, but it's going to be a fun one. They have a lot of great non-conference games, as you and Katie and Joe talked about, um, and they have a lot of super solid SEC games as well. So basketball is always fun to cover, and uh, really looking forward to it. Absolutely, Joey. Now, before we kind of sign off for the night, just going to do a quick rundown. There are two main sports that were, you know, in play over the weekend: Alabama volleyball. Unfortunately lost the the first iron bowl of the academic year they they lost to the <laughs> auburn tigers on both saturday and sunday it was a very very tough weekend for volleyball regarding that but you know never fret they'll they'll be back in com- uh, competition soon and then also alabama soccer's gianna paul was named sec freshman of the week you know congrats to her also as far as the team goes they've won six games in a row with the most recent win being a 3-0 shutout against texas a&m the next soccer game is Friday, September 30th in Athens against the Georgia Bulldogs. And for that, that concludes this episode of the All Things Bama podcast. Again, with Joey Blackwell, I'm Mason Smith. See you next time.